Hello and a warm welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. And it's going to have a different vibe about it this week's episode because I have the wonderful hormone and women's health expert Pippa Campbell on. And I suddenly go from interviewer mode into more of patient mode. So I have been definitely experiencing more symptoms with my perimenopause and my PMDD. I know you guys will have listened to me talk about that on a solo episode last year and in an episode with Pippa last year. But I actually explained this all to Pippa and she told me about the options that I have, supplements I could use, and she really delves into the pros and cons of HRT, what we can do about perimenopause and what really is out there to help us. And I know that it can feel quite scary and quite confusing for so many of you. So I hope by sharing my personal experiences and Pippa recommending what she thinks is right for me, then it will help you to understand what's going on a little bit better within yourself. So I do hope you really enjoy this week's episode with the lovely Pippa Campbell. Pippa, a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me back again. I know. It's been a year. A year I since know. you last... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Believe that. Fine. I know. No, I loved it last time, so yeah. I, I can't wait to crack on with this one as well. <laughs> no, it's great. And I actually got in contact with you just over a year ago because I started off doing my Dutch test for That's you because yeah. someone recommended, because I suffer with PMDD, so I was looking into understanding Which all is just so misunderstood. So misunderstood. Yeah. It really, really is. And actually, when I got a diagnosis of that last, maybe June last year. Which is pretty late to get a diagnosis. Yeah, at 40, I was then, you know, and actually it's something which looking back, I'd probably suffered from since I was 14. And for anyone that doesn't know, the easiest way of explaining it is it's a more extreme version of PMS. And I've become very, I guess, talented in masking it because you do, yeah. I think, particularly as a, a, as a woman who has a business and a wellness business as a mother and everything. But actually- yeah, You can't say, oh, I'm just feeling awful. And I felt no. awful last week as well and actually yeah. the last two weeks of my cycle I, I'm just a write-off I mean you can't exactly say that and I get it I totally understand because this was me whether or not it was PMDD or just you know very severe PMS there is a sort of that gray sort of area and that's what got me into doing what I do now that and and gut health but people didn't understand back then at all no. what it was and the so the answer was to put me on the pill yeah, absolutely. And that's the first thing the doctor said when eventually I rang up, just described how I feel and how it really, I mean, for me, it almost goes in. And I don't often talk about this because there's often, a, I think, still a massive stigma around anything to do with hormonal health and mental health. Mm. But for me, I can go some months or many, many months where nobody, not even really my husband, would really know how I'm feeling and what I'm suffering with because I have got these coping mechanisms. 
wow which Which i deal with which i shouldn't do but what tends to happen is then i think it builds up and it comes out quite extreme and i go into and the only way i can describe it is like a delirious episode so Mm. i'm often crying or shouting or whatever and only person who's ever witnessed this is my husband not even my children have actually witnessed this so it's interesting how i can almost control when i then let that out but when it then comes Mm. out i often don't know or remember some of the things I've said. Now, sometimes I might not even be crying or screaming, but my husband will often say, you said some really strange things. He said, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. I've said that. That's exactly the word, out-of-body experience. You are in a little bit of a fog. It's like a fog. Mm. And I say and do apparently weird things and I'm partially aware of it, but I'm also not. And it's like suddenly I sort of can come out of it. And then I almost get this like PTSD afterwards. I'm like, what actually just happened? What just happened to me? Yeah. I mean, I used to get my period and it was like, oh, relief. I finally got my period. But my thing is, everyone is different how they react like some people it could be you know their period pains are so awful um it could be mine was like I didn't have any any actual period problems I mean there was nothing physical I was slightly there were some more some mental things but mine was just like I felt like I had flu it was so weird so very foggy headed felt like I had flu my whole body ate neck I felt it did feel though very emotional teary irritable and I was like a space cadet yeah. So trying to do my finals, I remember at university, I mean, it was so hard. It's a, mm-hmm. So it's when it impacts your daily life, when it's that bad, that is a problem. And unfortunately, doctors are not trained, so they don't really understand. So what is the answer? Put you on the pill. Because, of course, if you go on the pill, then you're not going to have a period. You know, sorry, everyone, if you are on the pill, but if you do have a bleed when you when you're on the pill, it's not a period it's a withdrawal bleed, but you, then you don't actually have a period because it puts you into a menopausal state. It just suppresses your hormones. So you are literally in a menopausal state. Now, my mother took me to, I decided I didn't get on with the pills. So we tried other avenues. She did some research and she took me to someone who she considered a quack in Harley street (laughs) who didn't use the word estrogen dominance, which obviously I now know, which is what I had or or still have actually, Mm -hmm. if I didn't manage it. But they, there were some people that were recognizing or understanding that perhaps some of the root cause is low progesterone. Now, we know it's far more nuanced than that because estrogen dominance can be low progesterone, can be high estrogen, can be just the ratio, can be how you're clearing estrogen. So anyway, this so-called quack in Harley Street might have worked for someone else, but for me, it didn't. What she did was she gave me progesterone suppositories. Now, if low progesterone had been my problem causing similar symptoms, that would have been the answer. Amazing. You know, so women who then get PMSA and perimenopause, maybe that then would work. But for me, that was not the problem. I just had too much estrogen. And I couldn't clear it. It's very genetic. So um didn't didn't make any difference. So it wasn't until I went to see, you know, a practitioner many years later, she explained what estrogen dominance was. We didn't have Dutch testing back then. But, um, you know, she changed my diet, tried me on a few different Eastern clearance supplements and within three months gone. So I didn't really get 
uh, much PMT back, PMS back until I hit perimenopause, which is another, it's like a high estrogen state and it's like a second puberty. But then, then I had too much estrogen, even more. Okay. Cause it, even more. So in the first half of my cycle as well, not just the second half. Um, but then progesterone was dropping. So it was like a double whammy. So, um, yeah. So I definitely say generally, for women, they, they've probably always had it. But if it's PMS coming on maybe for, for the first time and you're over 40, then consider that progesterone could be declining. So that's really interesting. And it's really interesting how you talked about those flu like symptoms as well, because that's something I've always suffered with. And again, a reason why I know that I get the PMDD. So, day 20, it's like suddenly I get glands up, I get a bit of a sore throat, I feel achy through my body. Now, I must say that it's been really interesting since I hit 40. So, I'm 41 now, I'll be 42 in, in February. But when I hit 40, this is when I actually reached out to the doctor for a diagnosis, reached out to you to do the Dutch test, because I actually she started to notice that things were getting worse than they did before. So I was feeling more of these flu-like symptoms, more of the fatigue, more of the heightened stress, occasional of what I call these out-of-body experience episodes. So I think that the, the perimenopause now is, is really making a difference and potentially making it worse. Now, when I did my Dutch test with you, you actually said to me, look, it's very clear from day 20 what is happening. Your estrogen dominance is massive. Yeah. And actually you said, you know, my adrenals were on the sort of edge of burning out as well. Um, so for the last year, I've been taking the DIM supplement. Yes. I've been doing the adrenal rebuilder that you recommended. Yes. I've also been doing the ashwagandha. Now, Wait. it's interesting because I think if I'd done that five years ago, I think I would have potentially been symptom free. But what I've actually been noticing is it's been balancing things out. So things haven't been getting worse, but I'm mm. noticing, particularly over the last few months, I'm getting perimenopause symptoms. So therefore, I'm wondering whether because I've Your got that creeping might be in, dropping. Yeah. I think that that's probably what's yeah. happening because I'm finding I, I a little bit... I think it's probably now because we're tackling yeah. estrogen, not completely. So DIM is for phase one detoxification. Now, we, we don't want people just taking something like that because it's very strong. You definitely yes. don't want to be taking it unless you know what you're doing because it will lower estrogen and it's not always what people want. There are other ways of supporting estrogen detoxification without lowering but it lowers estrogen, which might be the right thing to do. And often early perimenopause that, you know, can be a problem. And it supports detoxification through phase one of the liver. But then we have different stages of the liver. And we can see these things sort of in the Dutch, we can see where we need to support it. So what's right for you might not be right for someone else. But what could be happening now is that your progesterone is declining. So we sort of tackled that estrogen. It might be now that the progesterone is is declining, you see. So then you're what you it's that gap again. And progesterone is our anti-anxiety, calming, soporific um, hormone. It helps us sleep. Women in perimenopause that where their progesterone is dropping, we have progesterone receptors all over the body, can and so can affect all sorts of things. But commonly, women might be waking up more in the night, finding it hard to get to sleep. It's a natural antidiuretic, so they might find they're needing to go to the loo more often. They might be more bloated in the second half of their cycle, um, more irritable, yes, very anxious. Um, some of them might get some heart palpitations even as well. So it's definitely, I think, I think what we should all be doing, and I, I, I have done for quite a while, is definitely use the Flow app if you like that. I use the Flow app and track 
Make sure you track everything. Track your cycles because if you don't know what's happening when, then it's really hard to understand. So track your cycle. You know exactly your day 20, what's happening. Bang, this is what's happening then. It's So it's really important to start tracking your cycle if you're not already and noting down your symptoms. And sometimes people... um, might feel bad from about day 20, but it might be just in the few days before their period. They've always felt we can't get rid of all symptoms. Like, you know, for, for, for you and me, it might be that we'll still feel something when we're, you know, getting our period, but you can in perimenopause get massive drops of, of the hormones just before the period. Cause that's what happens. They, they decline about two days before, and we can be more sensitive to those drops. So then you can feel, you could just feel awful those days and you're getting the hot sweats and your, and then your period comes like, oh, so that's how women with the Morena coil, I help them sort of try and understand because there's a cycle going on sort of behind the scenes, but they're not getting necessarily their period. So, you know, I, I'll ask them to look out for things like when you feel a bit hot and sweaty and then, you know, and then you suddenly feel okay again, but you know, that could be a time when you're about to, you would be getting your period, for example. But it's it's a roller coaster perimenopause. I call it the gray zone because some people may not have any of the symptoms we're talking about. Um, it might be, I mean, I had one client, she just became really forgetful. She literally started, she couldn't remember anything. Like she would end up putting things in the cupboard that was supposed to go in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. so yeah, the, and the, I hear that from a lot so of people. Varied. Actually, yeah. it's really interesting because I reached out to my community, knowing you were going to come on, and actually said, "What do you want me to ask Pippa about?" And perimenopause was the overwhelming answer, yeah. which is really interesting and and very relevant for me. Yeah, and I love it's having great. you on because it's I feel so like great. I can ask things about me because I know yeah. it's also going to help the community as well. And I guess for me, what I've always found is I know day 20 to day 28, I'm going to suffer, but I know the rest of the month, I'm going to feel fabulous. I'm going to feel genuinely calm, really relaxed and really myself. Now, what started to happen over the last three, four months, I've noticed, is in those three weeks, I'm then sporadically getting migraines or I'm sporadically getting anxiety which I wasn't having before I'm spotting yes I'm spotting blood often my period's coming much earlier when I'm usually like literally day 27 my period starts and it's like straight away I know exactly when it's coming almost to the hour period starting to change a little bit yeah so you're spotting so it sounds like progesterone's declining yeah. are you taking your dim all month or is no, it just from day 20 to my insert till the day my per- yeah. period finishes so, so you might be cycle. very common in early perimenopause to be massively estrogen dominant to start to become massively estrogen dominant the first half of your cycle i was shocked when i did my dutch cycle mapping when i first went to perimenopause and i saw my estrogen the first half of my cycle because it's literally what's happening is your body is sort of saying right you know Right, Daniel, right, Pippa, this is the last chance to get pregnant. So it goes crazy and, you know, expels these hormones to the, to the point where the surge is so great. You can sometimes have an early ovulation. I'm now ovulating on day 10, which is, we see that quite, quite commonly in clinic. So, and I can actually feel when I ovulate. So I'm 50 and I start ovulating. It's nuts. Um, so I can actually feel, I can feel which side as well, but we can so ovulate early, but it's, it's so high. So I am having to take dim and I, I take a couple of other things. So the Eastern detox. So in the first half of my cycle as well. And then I'll get a crash after ovulation a couple of days. I used to come off my dim then, can't be bothered now. But um, 
but I could do. But so what you might be getting, and we don't know because you can get migraines from the high or low estrogen, but you might be getting these um, real highs with the odd sort of fluctuation as well. Mm. So things are clearly changing more if you know. I mean, in fact, it was great when we did do it because we got it mm. very early on. Some women Dude. wait till symptoms are so bad in perimenopause and then they do their Dutch cycle mapping. And the reason why we do the Dutch cycle mapping is because it's over a whole cycle. So then we can see, or or four weeks at least, if people are not getting their period, say that they're getting to the point where it's every three months. But that's sort of then later on in perimenopause. If we, you did it really early, which is fantastic, we've got things to compare to as well. Yeah. Um, but we do it over a whole month because then we can see what's happening over the whole cycle. It might be that you need that Eastern detox support in the first half of your cycle as well. And that could help the migraines. We might also need to go in with, we've got various, these sort of, they're called glandular supplements, um, where we can use them that helps your body release your own hormones. They're very good at at a balancing act. And also things like my um, balance supplement, which has soy isoflavins. It's not the protein. So people don't sort of react to it because they react to the proteins in, in things like in foods. Um, but can be very good because it's phytoestrogens. It can be very good at balancing. So phytoestrogens, I think of them a bit like um, adaptogens, estrogen adaptogens, where there's too much or too little. Your body, if you're taking them, can help, you know, you adapt. And that can really help sort of balance. And we found that supplement's very useful for people with migraines as well. But yeah, I mean, perimenopause is the gray zone. When you get to menopause, I'm not saying it's it's an easy ride. It's just then your hormones are generally balanced. They they are where they are. But perimenopause is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and it changes. So you can be right on top of it. I was for a whole year, yeah. really on top of it. And then, and also we're not just looking at Eastern progesterone. Thyroid is massively impacted this time, as is insulin. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm constantly tweaking things. I am also, I've recently gone on a, started using a cream a few months ago. It's been amazing to help me um, to prevent my conversion of testosterone to Eastern. It doesn't prevent, but it slows it down. Now, I genetically convert testosterone too quickly to estrogen, which means lower testosterone, high estrogen. So neither thing is a good good thing. So I, I've started this cream. It's, it's been amazing. And my energy and mood, it's been incredible. So, but this is, you know, again, sort of a change that, but six months ago, my testosterone levels were were fine or I didn't have the symptoms, I always go by the symptoms. But then I started to feel a bit more tired again. And I didn't only necessarily notice about mood, but certainly just felt a bit more tired. And I thought, wow, is it thyroid? Is it estrogen? Is it, you know, going through all these things? And I worked out that actually it was the the testosterone sport that I needed. Now I didn't want to take take testosterone because that's just going to convert to estrogen. You know, I just wanted to stop that sort of prevent that conversion or sort of slow it down. So there are other things we can do and we have to be careful with massively going with hormones. The problem is they can be very over-prescribed. So when women are taking too much of a hormone, then it can shut down your own production, sort of negative feedback loop. So you just want the people who are taking hormones, just the smallest amount to make that, you know, difference. But there are often alternatives as well. So the thing is with testosterone, if a woman is being prescribed testosterone and estrogen, you know, you, you want to know your levels. I mean, you absolutely do need to need to test because you could have 
a lot of testosterone converting to estrogen and a lot of estrogen hanging around, which is not great. Not only high estrogen, but you may not be clearing it very well. So this is something we do not want to have. We need to make sure that our estrogen is not too high and that we're clearing it through the liver and through the gut properly. I have been the host of the Face Yoga Expert podcast for quite a number of years now. And I know many of you have asked me, how did I get started as a podcaster? And maybe you are thinking, I'd love to get started as a podcaster, but I just don't know where to start. Well, I've been working with Jonathan from Pure Podcasting for the past few years. So we are doing an amazing collaboration and we put together this special offer to help anyone listening who thinks that a podcast could boost their business or their side hustle, but maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm on a tight budget. So I'm very pleased to announce that you can now enjoy a whopping 60% of Pure Podcasting's popular podcast launch package, which is exactly how I got started with my own podcast. And this includes one-to-one technical assistance to make sure you get great sound from the beginning, four fully edited episodes, a specially designed intro and outro with music to make sure your podcast is instantly recognisable and branded from the very first episode. Plus, you get help to publish it to all the networks. This is normally priced at £1,200, but Pure Podcasting are offering this service to all my listeners of the Face Yoga Expert podcast, discounted to £480. Guys, that is amazing value. So if you've ever thought about starting a podcast, now is the perfect time to dive in. You just want to go to podcasteditingservices.com slash faceyoga expert offer. And there's a little dash between face yoga expert offer. So we'll also put the link in the bio or just send me an email or a DM if you need the link. So let me tell you that again. It is podcasteditingservices.com slash face dash yoga dash expert dash offer. Go for it. It's definitely worth starting a podcast. One of the best things that I ever did. That's interesting. What I'm hearing so much from friends and from clients is it's A, very confusing for people in perimenopause, and B, it seems like this constant trial and error. So one moment you feel like (laughs) you're doing it right, and then the next minute you don't. Now, again, a lot of friends and clients have instantly gone on to HRT. So they've gone to the doctor, they've had a blood test, which has taken their hormones in that moment, and then been prescribed HRT. Now, what I'm witnessing generally, and this is very sort of sweeping because I know everyone is so individual, but again, it is that very much trial and error. So sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever done. I feel fabulous from it. And then maybe a few months later, they go, oh, hang on a minute, I've got my symptoms back again or suddenly I'm putting on weight or suddenly new symptoms are coming or suddenly I'm getting migraines I never got or breakouts or yes so what can we do about it I mean I know you've talked about doing the Dutch test I know you talked about the supplements where is our first port of call and also for people who are saying look I don't have the time and I don't have the money to go and yeah I know full Dutch well, tests and all it, the supplements what do you usually recommend they do need to go back to their provider because the symptoms you're just talking about we see most commonly in clinic is over prescribing of estrogen okay. and HRT. Yeah, for HRT. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we see this a lot. Now, most women in perimenopause 
I'm generalizing here. Most women do not need estrogen. Because generally, what we see in perimenopause, um, certainly earlier perimenopause, is high estrogen. So generally, women do not need insulin. We might need something to help balance, like my PCH balance supplement. We might need something to balance, but generally, we don't need more estrogen. Okay. What we see when women then take the estrogen, and certainly if it's too much as well. So even in menopause, if it's you know too much, then they've periods are finished, but then they might be having these breakthrough bleedings for bleed, for example. And it's too much. So they need to go back to their provider and say, look, my boobs are blowing up. I'm putting on weight. I've got this break breakthrough bleeding, which is very common with too much estrogen. So they need to go back to their provider because it might just be too much. So that's the first thing they can do because I appreciate it's not cheap coming to someone like us. But, you know, women have to be, have to educate themselves. I mean, it's tough. You have to, they having to research a lot to find out why am I getting these symptoms? And great if they can get those blood tests. But recently, um, I had a client who went to a very reputable HRT doctor who tested her on day three, which is like when you test for fertility and prescribed estrogen progesterone off that because her estrogen was low. Well, yeah, and day three, it's just maybe starting to climb. So wasn't the best day to test. Now, I didn't, you know, I mean, the, the symptoms that she told me and we looked and blood tests just from three months before her estrogen looked fine to me. Now, another thing is that I think women, again, because it's not GP's fault, they're not, they're not trained. Sometimes women are being told to put their estrogen, which might come on, um, in say a gel, for example, put it on um, fatty areas of their body, which is the last thing you should do. It should be, um, say, for example, on the inner arm or sort of slimmer, thinner areas, patches, you know, could go just above the hip bone, for example, on the back, you know, or front. We don't want estrogen building up in fat tissue. These are fat-soluble hormones, and we certainly do not want the buildup in fat tissue, which can happen. So then sometimes women have blood tests, they're getting all these symptoms of estrogen excess, and yet blood tests are showing their estrogen is low because it's not getting through. Interesting. But we can see it in a Dutch test you see. That's where we can yes. see the difference. So we will see discrepancies because we can see what's people what they're weighing out. So what's gone through, you know, at tissue level and come out the other end. We're not looking at serum. So we will so like, like me, the doctor's saying there's high in serum level, and yet I mean, sorry, low in serum level, and we're seeing high in the Dutch test. So we know we know what's getting through, but sometimes there is this buildup. So they might feel fine for a month or two. Then suddenly there's a buildup of estrogen in the, in the tissue and they'll start to feel awful. Yeah, this is... Um, so, you know, they need to say, is there any for other format I can take it in? Do I need to take as much? And it, it's really tough, but they need to ask these questions to their, to their doctor. And women just assume that you know, that what they're being given is right. It's the correct thing. I mean, it's not there for, but suddenly these women, women are going to have to go out and do their own research, which is unfair, but that, you know, that's what they're having to do because they're trying to sort of work out, well, what's going wrong? I don't understand. I felt brilliant. Now I feel awful or I feel worse. or I've got these new symptoms. Um, I also think that if women are starting um, HRT, I also think, so we had, I was speaking to a, a Jersey GP the other day. I live in Jersey and she came on to talk in my female food club and she is a Jersey GP, but she does know and she did her own research. She said, look, Pippa, the medical guidelines are to prescribe Eastern progesterone together. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. Now she knows better because she's a GP that has a specialist interest in 
in hormones. So she knows that you don't just blanketly, the two just don't go together. You you test and you work out what does the woman need. If she feels they do, they're in menopause, they need estrogen and she wants to prescribe estrogen and progesterone, then she would never start them on both at the same time. As so how do you know what's doing what? So she would do a good two months with the progesterone first. So that's another interesting mm. thing. And yet no one ever is ever told that. Mm-hmm. But she also appreciates, so she sends me clients as well, she appreciates that hormones are not silos. We need to look at other hormones. We need to look because high estrogen in perimenopause can trigger an underactive thyroid. So it increases something called thyroid binding um, globulin, which is basically, basically if that's too much, then we don't have as much free thyroid hormone, which is the one that helps us feel energy, helps us lose weight. So that's high estrogen impacting thyroid. Low progesterone also can trigger an underactive thyroid. So actually thyroid and progesterone work together. Both you need one of each. So yeah, I mean, one of each, you need, you know, it's reciprocal arrangement. So you need enough progesterone to support thyroid and enough thyroid to support progesterone, which is why in fertility clinics, they want to make sure people's thyroid's functioning well so that they can get pregnant and, and maintain a healthy pregnancy. So hormones are just are, are not silos. They do yeah. affect each other. So I would love to say, here's, you know, well, I can't because I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but here's some estrogen, here's some progesterone, and there's the answer. It's far more nuanced than that. And we work with women who are taking HRT and we'll, we'll work on diet and supplements. And that, you know, makes a huge, huge difference. So, um, you're, you know, women are lucky if they are the, if they are that person that they take hormones and they just feel great and don't have any problems. Yeah. And but should we you be want taking to. hormones, Pippa? That, this is the thing I often, I'm an eye, you know, especially after now I've had for the first time ever a month of breast pain. You know, I used to get no breast pain at all. Then I used to get it just a few days before my period. And then this month, suddenly my breasts have decided that the whole month they're going to hurt. So again, I'm getting these other little symptoms. I mentioned a few others earlier. Yeah. And I'm thinking, should I start HRT? But then I'm also very aware that I do suffer from PMDD and a lot of that is sensitivity to hormone changes. I don't want to have, I don't want to then have a sensitivity to more extreme hormone changes. And you could. And we see that. We see that yes. actually in DNA testing in our worry. estrogen report, we can see the estrogen um, receptors and the sensitivity. So there are some women with SNPs or variations on those genes means that they are going to be, and they are more sensitive to their own hormones mm-hmm. and fluctuations, um, which would be the same if they're taking HRT. So you're right. They can be extremely sensitive, which we don't want either your breast pain is it um the whole boob do you feel like they're sort of swelling blowing up or is it that which i had it's like almost like a feeling like i was breastfeeding yes like that like breastfeeding. or when you're first pregnant you know when you're first pregnant and your breasts start to to get hurt and then as you get later on in pregnancy it's like that yeah yeah uh, okay so that is that that's a common one it's slightly different from when um women go on um eastern hrt and their boobs are blowing up it's a very it's yeah, it's slightly different it's a hard one unless you kind of go through it to to know what it's like so yeah. what i would say for you Danielle, is that clearly you like the sort of going down the natural route so why not try that first i mean you've got nothing to lose yeah so why not try that first we could try you on a nice glandular supplement which is hormone free yeah um, it's it's lovely. It um, has various so supports ovarian tissue and brain um, glandular tissue. So that we could try on something like that. 
maybe one thing at a time to see how you respond. Look, you know, I'd love to do a Dutch test again, but I appreciate it's not always possible. And do you want to wait a whole nother month as well? Um, and you so have to be so disciplined to too. Yeah, this is the other so, thing. You have to make sure that you're weeing first thing in the morning. And it's great. And I'm so glad I've done it. And I do feel like the time yeah. is coming up that I am going to do it again because yeah. the supplements that you have given me as a result of that have been fantastic. I mean, the Adrena Rebeek, rebuilder i'm just going off on a tangent yeah, here, but yeah, the yeah. adrena rebuilder actually excellent i mean that's really allowed me to have more energy to cope with stress better definitely think the dim's made a different ashwagandha mm. you can never tell whether it makes a difference or and not. Ashwagandha nice to have. works well for all people so yeah, really exactly adrenal be rebuilder you would want because it's a gland you want to know that your adrenal hormones are low but ashwagandha yeah. because it's again adaptogen anyone listening you know yeah. give it a go my yeah. pch ashwagandha is is at the therapeutic level mm-hmm. and i think um two a day is great but sort of spread yeah. out you can take up to three um i think we should we could try you on you know a supplement at a time and just see see how that works because i know your diet's really good so i know we don't have huge amounts to to change there so then it really is now looking for the supplements um which are sort of like really to supplement a good diet and see how that happens but there we can go on symptoms it's not mm-hmm. a problem we can absolutely and do a you know a whole cycle and see how you feel Absolutely. That's great. And that's really interesting to know because I hear um, a lot of more natural hormone specialists actually very much against HRT. But what I'm hearing from you is HRT can have its place when used right with the correct knowledge and used for the right person. That's exactly it. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing is, there's so much we can do naturally. Um, So absolutely, I think that's a great place to start. And there are some women who may benefit from hormones. But what I would say is hormones are great. It was actually, this is not my, I'm stealing a phrase from a doctor in America when I went to a hormone um, symposium in Boston. And she said, hormones are great if you need them. You know, that's if you need them. That's so that's the thing, if you need them. But I just think it the way that everything is just willy-nilly, just sort of like prescribed out. Unfortunately, the doctors don't know about, you know, the supplements and the things that can... I mean, I'm just talking about that cream, which was amazing for like my energy and for supporting testosterone. There's so much we can do, you know, naturally. But I, I'm absolutely not against... Women can feel amazing on HRT, but it's just got to be done it's just got to be done right. We work with a hormone doctor and send our clients there. So, we, you know, we know if they want to go on hormones, our clients, we send them over there and I trust her and I know exactly what she's doing. Then she makes them sort of like, then we'll come back to us, make sure they're detoxing their estrogen well. Um, progesterone can be a life changer, yeah. actually. I think progesterone is great. That's great. So it can change, absolutely change a woman's life, but it's not the an- only answer. You know, and even if somebody is take, going to take progesterone, which is fantastic, can be fantastic, there are other things. There are other things to do. Yeah. So, first step really is to either go to your doctor and get a blood test, or if you can and you're able to, get a Dutch test and yeah. see one of your practitioners who can interpret Dutch tests. Because yeah. I must say to everyone, oh you my get goodness, the Dutch test like... results. And I was like, oh my goodness. And you were so kind to look through it for me uh, and summarize it in very yeah, basic no, terms. We're all specially trained exactly in Dutch testing. Yeah. We have, because we, we do a lot of Dutch testing, we have special training from Dutch in America. We're all, you know, for 
fully certified. Um, but, you know, it is. And also you do need to compare all the different hormones. Like you were talking about your adrenal health. That mm-hmm. is so super important and can be a game changer for our female sex hormones because actually it's our adrenals that make the female sex hormones after our ovaries give up. So that in itself can can really change how a woman feels. So once they go into menopause, our ovaries are not producing these female sex hormones and it's our adrenal glands that take over. So if you're exhausted, you've been you know, in fight or flight for many, many years and your adrenal glands aren't sort of functioning properly, then you're not going to be able to make those female sex hormones. So there's an awful lot of things that we can do um, you know, to support that. Absolutely. And I think actually for all of us, reducing our stress makes a massive difference. I mean, I know for everything, when I'm more relaxed, symptoms of anything, whether it be PMS, PMDD, perimenopause, can lower instantly. Oh, especially gut issues. You know, people know everything. uh, Things go to my gut. So if I'm really super, if I'm really, really stressed, then I'll be like, oh, my tummy, or I suddenly feel bloated, or, you know, it's 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 where it goes for me it sort of I probably would feel it in my gut yeah and that's really important to actually take note of where we feel it as well because yeah. for me I'll always feel it a sore throat oh my children are like that <laughs> always yeah, that, like that or in the emotions of overwhelm yeah. or anxiety that's yeah. my sort of go-to yeah but it's, it's interesting that you say yeah your go-to is your gut and I think when mm. our body gives us those little whispers we need to listen before our body has to scream at us exactly yeah Super. correct thank you so much I feel like every time on you come on the podcast I just use this as a full consultation <laughs> I know everything Why for not? me but do you know what I feel like by me opening up and asking these questions and talk about my experience I'm hoping that my listeners and my viewers will actually be able to a open up about their experiences to medical professionals or to friends and family um, and to also hopefully learn tips and techniques and the next step from good yeah as well I'm sure they will but yeah everyone everyone listening don't be afraid to ask your doctor that you know yeah. those questions yeah. Thank you, Pippa. Thank you so and could much. you please let everybody just know where they can find out more about what you do, how to do a Dutch test and your supplements as well? Yeah. So everything's on my website, pippacampbellhealth.com. So we have lots of good blogs there. I release a couple of blogs a week. We have my supplements range there as well, Dutch testing. And then on my Instagram, you'll see me dancing around or, you know, doing silly things. But there's there's always some good information on there as well. There is. Thank you so much, Pippa. Oh, thank you. Really good to chat. Thank you so much for listening to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review it. Let me know when you listen to episodes. Tag me in on Instagram at Face Yoga Expert. And don't forget to check out my website, faceyogaexpert.com, which has all the information about my teacher training, my two books, Danielle Collins Face Yoga and the Face Yoga Journal, my skincare range, Fusion by Danielle. Collins and all the other courses and offerings that I have. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.